Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, prenatal chiropractor, childbirth educator, and labor doula, together with two great co-hosts. We have Ivy Joeva, a holistic nutritionist specializing in pre- and postnatal nutrition and women's health. She's been a birth doula and childbirth educator for nearly 10 years and teaches prenatal yin and restorative yoga. Ivy offers worldwide nutritional support and consults for new and expecting mamas and their families at prenatalnutrition.com. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Alexi Gilmore is an actor and producer who first appeared in the film World's Greatest Dad, opposite Robin Williams. Her career grew quickly with a series of Bobcat Goldwaith films, and then she appeared alongside Matthew McConaughey in yes. Surfer, dude, and has had supporting roles in such films as Definitely, Maybe, and Jason Reitman's Labor Day, which is entirely appropriate for our podcast. <laughs> Alexi has appeared in many TV series such as the Fox drama New Amsterdam, as well as guest appearances in Grey's Anatomy, Nurse Jackie, House MD, Castle, Marin, The Grinder, TNT's Legends, and as James Vanderbeek's wife on CSI Cyber, and now as George Lopez's love interest on Lopez, which can be seen on TV Land. But by far, the highlight of Alexi's career was appearing as a headless model for a fashion spread in the 2015 issue of Dr. Berlin's Informed Pregnancy Guide. <laughs> Thank you. I forgot about that. No. Thank you. We didn't. <clears throat> Alexi is also buds with uh, our guests today. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Sarah Wright Olson discovered acting at an early age as she became involved with local drama groups in her hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. Her modeling turned acting career sprouted at age 14 and has grown extensively since then. Most recently, Sarah can be seen in the Universal Pictures film American Made as the female lead alongside Tom Cruise. A long list of notable film credits include Walk of Shame alongside Elizabeth Banks, 21 and Over alongside Miles Teller, and Streak, Demi Moore's directorial debut. Sarah also appeared in Surfer Dude with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, we but did then that. again, that's how we met. Oh, I was going to say, but then again, who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah broke into television with the Fox series The Loop, where she starred alongside Brett Harrison and a swell actor named Eric 
Christian Olsen. Mm-hmm. Who's that guy? Baby Daddy. This is so weird. You guys have the same last name. <laughs> I know. Coincidence. Oh. Sarah's appeared in Mad Men, How I Met Your Mother, Happy Endings, Mixology, Hello Ladies, Mad Love, Men at Work, and Parks and Recreation, and was most recently a series regular in NBC's Marry Me. Speaking of which, in 2012, Sarah married Eric Christian Olsen, and they welcomed their first baby into the world one year later and are expecting baby number two in about two hours. Hopefully today. <laughs> since having her son wyatt sarah has turned much of her attention to healthy and happy pregnancy childbirth and parenting and is launching a unique product line for babies and mommies and an online parenting community together with our next guest Teresa palmer yay yours and mama Hmm. (laughs) Teresa comes to us from adelaide australia and has starred in many major films including warm bodies with nicholas holt and john malkovich and michael bay and steven spielberg's i am Number four, she stars as the female lead in Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge alongside Andrew Garfield, Vince Vaughn, and Sam Worthington. Teresa headlines the horror film Lights Out and has an additional three films already shot and coming soon. Past credits include Point Break, The Choice, Triple Nine with Kate Winslet, Casey Affleck, and Woody Harrelson, Bedtime Stories with Adam Sandler, The Sorcerer's Apprentice opposite Nicolas Cage, and also Knight of Cups with Christian Bale. Teresa has collected a series of prestigious awards for acting and has also segued into working behind the camera as a director, writer, and producer. In 2011, Teresa launched Your Zen Life, a popular health, wellness, and conscious living blog, and her video series, Test Talks, in which she discusses a wide variety of meaningful topics in search of the Zen Life. I've been watching the Test Talks, and they're awesome. Are you still doing them? Yeah. Oh, my God. God, yeah. they're amazing. I'm doing I love a lot them. of them. <laughs> I'm done with Ted. I'm all about Ted. <laughs> I got Ted. <laughs> <laughs> this year, she launched your Zen Life sister site, your Zen Mama, together with Sarah. The site is a community for mamas and papas to feel inspired, supported, encouraged, and empowered. Teresa kind of lives here in Los Angeles with her husband Mark, their toddler son Bodie, and their stepson Isaac, and is also expecting fairly soon. Welcome to the Another podcast. Another baby boy. Another boy. All right, everybody. Welcome aboard. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, I love this group of people. Um, You guys, first of all, are obviously doing great in your careers in entertainment, but also very, very real, down-to-earth, amazing, inspiring people. So it's um, it's truly exciting to uh, to be on the journey with you, and. and to have you here on the podcast tonight. Let's talk a little bit about background. How did you become Zen and Zenner? <laughs> <laughs> I can be Zen, you're Zenner. Yeah. I, I think you are Zenner. Are you, you Zenner? I, I feel like my. I, I, I was I'm sort of going with Sarah Zenner. being Zen, Zen. and you're oh, Zenner. Oh, really? You're Zenner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you Zenner. started Zen. You know what? So we'll, let the, uh, we'll, we'll let the we audience. We have to start by defining Zen and Zenner. That's a little difficult. I'm going to let the audience decide. They can write into info at informpregnancy.com. Who is Zenner, Teresa or Sarah? Yeah, where did where did it come from? What are your backgrounds? Um. I launched Your Zen Life in 2011. Um, I guess it was a really interesting transitional period in my life because I was coming out of feeling really sad about leaving my home and coming to Los Angeles and then 
it felt I was in a really soulless kind of place. I was acting and getting all these films and it was exciting. But at the same time, there was such a void within me, which I realized the only way I could feel that was by actually doing some self-development work. And I ended up grounding myself in some sort of spirituality, which is where my interest in conscious living and wellness and all those sorts of things kind of was born because I had no idea about that stuff in Adelaide. Like I just... I wasn't around anyone who practiced meditation or I grew up in a very religious family, um, like my very Catholic mother. So my my interpretation of spirituality was very different to what it is now. And so then I just started this blog and it's been really great and it's it feel it definitely feeds my soul. It's um, well, you grew up in this Catholic household, and how did that translate into acting and then coming here? Escapism, <laughs> so you ran away. I basically ran away. No, it was really for me. I grew up with a mother who's she's schizophrenic, so it was a really intense childhood, and I think acting was my escape. So I just enjoyed it, I thrived. It was this environment that I felt really comfortable in. To be and somebody else for a little to be, while? Yeah, I think, I mean, truly, if I look at the psychology of it now, I think definitely that was a part of it, even though I didn't understand that at the time. I was like, this just feels really good. Mm. And then I got this little film in 2006, ended up premiering at the Cannes Film Festival. And then my life just completely changed and totally flipped. And then I got thrust into America and I didn't know anyone and... Yeah, it was well, really challenging. Your English is fantastic. Well, thanks, yeah. thanks, yeah. I Welcome had that at least. <laughs> you didn't grow up very holistic. Oh, the opposite. I had McDonald's every day, maybe three times a day. Oh, wow, for food. okay. Yeah. So it, wasn't, the, it really wasn't until you were here just not feeling good. Yeah, I was so sad when I got here. I was like, why am I so sad? Um, and then someone was like, why don't you start like looking at your food intake and like what you're eating and exercise. I had never thought about going to a gym or running outside. Actually, that was my agent. We have so much like, in common. I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> my agent was like, you should work out. You're an actor now. So I started doing it and then I was like, wow, this actually feels really good. And then I started eating a little cleaner and learning about nutrition. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, what is this world? It feels so magical and amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What came first, the Zen life or the test talks? Zen life. Zen life. And then I just one day decided to be very candid in a video about some struggle I was going through. Um, and I got these beautifully inspiring comments back where other people started sharing their stories. And then that's, I guess that's where your Zen life started to grow because then I realized that it was a community where everyone could have a voice and we could all share our vulnerabilities and celebrate all the things that connect us rather than the things that separate us. I think that's what's so touching. They're just so raw and real. They're very You just open. turn around and you're like, this is, <laughs> even the way they're shot, it's just like, this is me. Yeah, you know? The phone and, rings, like my mum will pop in and my son's in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. I just feel like, I just personally feel like I have a responsibility to strip down the barriers between people who have a profile and, and the way that this industry, gosh, it, it's such 
it gives such a false sense of reality, I think, and it can be quite detrimental to all the girls and, and the men who look up to us. And I'm, I'm trying to strip that away constantly because what you see on the red carpet in the films is so not reality. It makes mm. expectations so high. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. But I think the reality is even better. Yeah, <laughs> I do. yeah, I yeah. Like, it's interesting. I don't know why everything's so sugar-coated. Um, I think maybe there's a movement towards stripping away some of that stuff and grounding it in some form of reality now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what I, I've been trying to do with the website. And then Sarah and I got together and we had such a passion about just mothering our babies that we're like, how do we want to share our experiences and create a platform for everyone to do the same? So then that's how your Zen mama was born out of your Zen life. It was born. It was, it was, born. was bur- We birthed like this our baby. Own little baby. That's right. Um, so, Sarah, yes. Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. How, what, what was your life growing up? Also religious, right? Yes, extremely uh, Southern Baptist. My dad is a, he was a Southern Baptist minister. And, um, and so we grew up from as far back as I can remember uh, in Sunday school. And, you know, just trying to save the world. <laughs> <laughs> but you're close. You're close to your family. Yes, very close to my family. So, did you enjoy that upbringing? Um, you know, it was interesting. Like looking back, I went through quite a lot of self-reflection in my early twenties, where I had like got married really young, got divorced, realized your parents aren't always the wealth of information and you have to seek out information other places and maybe, you know, maybe things aren't just rainbows and moonbeams. And <laughs> so I spent this time sort of doing a full 180 and then came back to a place somewhere in the middle. But I found myself like finally for the first time in my life when I was like 22, making my own decisions and sort of like thinking about I'd always been very independent, but I was like thinking about what everything meant to me, not just to the religion I was brought up in or to my parents or, you know, what image that I had to put out there as being this like perfect preacher's kid who never makes any mistakes and failure is not okay. And so, you know, it was a lot of time spent being like, wait, it is okay to fail and questioning things is good. That's how we learn. And, you know, finding more information and devouring that information and then taking it and changing yourself for the better, for you, for your family, for everything. That was sort of, that just became my life. Did your immediate family feel rejected by that? No, it was actually, you know, I think it was shocking at first. My, I just lost my dad this year And we spent a lot of time actually talking about it during when he was really sick. And we talked about how I, you know, had sort of, (laughs) he said, you know, when you like did this big flip and you started questioning everything in your life and you were like questioning the Bible and questioning the way that you were brought up. And, you know, I was sort of um, challenging him in every way. Like, what does this mean? And what does this mean? And why is it why is it just this one way and how is that possible and when there weren't answers i think it was startling for him too and for my mom you know and it was like my mom was just like well i don't know i can't have this conversation and my dad was like he didn't have an answer for me so then we sort of reflected together and eventually he got to a place where 
you know, he became so much more open-minded about things in the world that he really hadn't thought about or talked about much other than the way that he was brought up too. It's almost like you freed him. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, towards the end when we were talking about it, he really felt like he had just found this whole new um, world for himself where he he really believed in love and he always believed in love but it was more of an open-minded love and all-encompassing like including everyone kind of love that sort of developed out of this period of time where he was also having some sort of self-reflection and reflection on where he was at his whole you know life so. I mean, religion by definition doesn't have all the answers it's faith and faith exactly. means you you believe a certain amount and then there's a gap between that and 100 percent, and that's filled in by faith yeah but um i think there's a lot of different ways to climb that religious mountain and um you know we can each make our own agreed path um where does your incredible positivity come from i feel like i've been with you on a, on a couple of journeys now including including losing your father while yeah. pregnant and having a toddler um, and you know, none of you ever seem to be trying to run away from it, mm-hmm. um, just addressing it head on, but still always really, really positive. Is that something you always had, or is I, there a, some kind of drug you're taking? <laughs> what is, can I have the some? Drugs are so good. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I feel like I've always had this like positive outlook on life, and part of that I think comes from really believing. In, I believe in God. I believe in, you know, spirituality. I believe in a higher being. I believe in there being something out there. And, um, and part of it too is like, you know, I had a great upbringing. I have a wonderful family. Um, I'm grateful for every day that I'm alive and walking around. And I look at the world in a very positive light. When I was younger, I think that it was more in a naive kind of way because I didn't really understand the world so much. But, you know, I sort of like, I think when I did that, you know, big turn in my early 20s, it was like I was starting to lose some of that positivity and I was feeling lots of negative emotion about the world. It was just like so overwhelming to me how dark things could be. And then um, I realized I had to just, you know, let that stuff back in. And it's not, it's just something that, I don't know, it's just a part of me. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm feel very it's an amazing part of you you're so like some people are like half full half empty you're like even you're like it's a quarter full it's okay you know <laughs> exactly yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's like one where, where it's is always the positive full. light it's here right. yes. <laughs> cynicism doesn't creep its way even in the text often. messages just they like pop off the screen with all the exclamation points that is true Alexi Gilmore, where do you come from? Tell us about the... I I come originally from New York City. I was born there in in Manhattan. And I I lived there until I was 10. And then we moved to North Jersey, to New Jersey. Joysey. Joysey, yeah. That's different than Manhattan. It is a little bit different. It's not the Jersey Shore. That (laughs) is a whole other thing. But North Jersey is like... It's not that bad. It's, it's okay. actually a great place. Well, There's a lot different. of great I mean, people. Manhattan from is just so <laughs> compact with millions of people living on a little island. Yeah. And then North Jersey more spread out. Yeah. It's nice because it's really close to the city still. It's like 20 minutes away from there. So How a lot long of people... were you there for? Is your family still there? No. my Now my parents are in Long Island. Oh, that's a whole <laughs> And my story. sister's in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, the family is still in New York. Did area. you have the uh, New York accent growing up? 
I had because um, it's gone. It's gone you now, sound like you're but from nowhere. It, it will come out sometimes when I'm like, call Drinking? me, whatever. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the, but that's very, it, it was definitely beaten out of me, I think, in college. I was a theater major, and they're like, no, you cannot have any kind of regionalism accent. <laughs> <laughs> so I spoke like this with an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like kind of British. It was hard yeah. British. It's, it's a very <laughs> early American yeah. accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where'd you study theater? Uh, at a really small school called DeSales University in Pennsylvania. And they beat uh, New York out of you. <laughs> they did. At they did. In the cornfields. And then um, when did you come here? I came here seven years ago. Um, I Why did I come here? Or well, when? Whatever. Yeah. Oh. Why did you come here? Um you know, I had been working as an actress. Basically, because I begged you to. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, Sarah pretty much convinced me to move. We, when we worked on Surfer Dude, the great Surfer Dude, the greatest um, Matthew McConaughey movie out there. We ever. really did. We, I like completely fell in love with Sarah. You talk about that infectious thing. Uh, you know, positivity. positivity yes, yeah. I saw that right away, and we were just like two puppies in the field, and we we're like, when are the cookies coming out? And we just, <laughs> <laughs> they would bring to be next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> they would like bring them out yeah. and they'd be warm and Alexi and I would be laying on these towels outside waiting for our scene because we didn't have trailers. Oh. <laughs> like unbuttoning our, the top of our like, jeans. Trying to, try to, to get like a little, you know, sun and then, you know, the guy would come out and he's like, the cookies are ready. We'd be like, what? Oh, we chocolate chip cookies, so cookies. Yeah, we didn't have much restraint. So yeah, we, and we worked three days with each other. And so from that, we, oh, wow. we and that was it. became really close. And so I was coming back and forth you know from New York to LA work stuff and then um I all of a sudden was just like I've lived in New York now as an adult for almost nine years and and I was like I think maybe it's time to live somewhere else were you acting in New York yeah theater I was doing more TV and film there really so that's why I was like I'm not really doing much theater here like why why not try LA and so Sarah was like yes and Sarah literally like mapped things out on her phone she was like brought me to neighborhoods and she clocked like how how fast it'd be to walk to a coffee shop like (laughs) she was amazing and she found places she'd go and talk to the landlord for me she's like i think this guy i think we can talk him (laughs) (laughs) so she was really a big part of, of me moving here and she was my first friend here really and she pretty much just introduced me to all of my what became like my great friends here as well so um, you know Casey Bixby, who's been on your Casey, podcast, our yes, co-host and, from uh, Hawaii. Yeah, and Anna Anasimova. Oh yes, um, who had her baby practically on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Come on, so. Come on Sarah, we still got a little time. <laughs> I'm just warming up. Trying, man. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Doctor Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. 
Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Uh, okay, and so, but a lot of all those three that you just mentioned had babies. Mm-hmm. And so you uh, you bring an interesting perspective because you're getting to watch your friends change as they have babies, I imagine. Yes. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm 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 always curious how we change uh, once we once we have kids. I mean, it becomes all consuming, right? Yeah. I mean, I just I look at my friends and my sister and now my mom with so much appreciation. And I'm like, how do you do it? I'm just trying to pencil in my kundalini yoga in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to get ready for my audition. And then I'm like, I think about that all the time. I'm like, how do they do it with toddlers and babies and and more than one of them sometimes? And sometimes. <laughs> and it, it, I'm just I'm so inspired by that. Do their personalities change or? just the priorities i think if anything it it makes them even better it it, uh, for for me seeing my friends that that have had babies i just see um i just really see their hearts open even more it's Mm. just like this compassion i think that comes from having a child that i've seen that from my friends so it's not scaring you away no, it makes me just think how awesome I would be if I had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and you will be. You will, you will. We're all just practicing our craft to be ready for you. That's right. Um, Ivy, your whole lifestyle is very zen, I would think. But let's define zen. You're, you lead meditation and, and yoga. You're a yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. So um, zen is technically a form of meditation. What does it mean to you? Well, I think it comes from a sect of Buddhism, Mm -hmm. um, which is very much about balance and peace and outer peace as a reflection of the peace we find inside. And so in a way, it's a very revolutionary approach to life because so much of our attention in modern culture is directed outwards to, to changing things in the world and what do we want to create for ourselves in our lives. And Zen practice asks us to turn within and find those places inside, we know whatever resides inside, whether it's a feeling we might be afraid to feel or um, any kind of shadow aspects of ourselves or our lives and to just be present with that, to allow that to uh, shift. Do you get that from meditation and yoga when you do your practice? You can. I mean, I, I think meditation has become so pervasive that there's a there's a lot of different ways to meditate and i think sometimes it can even be misused and we can kind of turn to meditation almost as a way to avoid looking at things or feeling things Mm -hmm. and you know get this kind of zen high without really addressing things in our lives that need to be addressed um but for the most part it's a wonderful tool to become more conscious zen high is my new community for dads Uh, (laughs) it's not a bad way to go no that was such a beautiful way to describe that to me that just resonates i was like wow that was so eloquent Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was so beautifully described it's really a a a broad picture i mean it sounds like it what you were going through right you took you took a, a background that that led you to a place where you weren't feeling very good mm-hmm. and um, you found the tools necessary to to bring your life to a better place. Yeah, I think when you source happiness from external places, it's when you can get into trouble. And ultimately what we need to be doing is sourcing it 
internally. Um, so that's for me, that was my journey. I was Which like, is oh. incredible because those things don't cost anything. That's right. Anybody can look inside, anybody can do yoga, anybody can meditate. 100%. I mean, the classes are maybe expensive, but you don't need them, right? No, I just even just do reading on the internet too. Like oh, I'll yeah. find articles. I'm, I mean, I'm a huge, huge fan of Eckhart Tolle. He's like mm. one of my greatest teachers. I go and see him speak. I've read all his books. I listen to his podcasts. Um, so I think you just find what it is that resonates with you and what you feel connected to. And for that, that for me, his writing uh, totally recharges me. But yeah, it's it's your own self discovery. Just figure out what works. And you know, it's incredible. You're also very positive. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> You're very positive. positive. You really are about about everything. You take things from a, a very positive perspective. It's just with Sarah in the room, we all feel a little less positive than we could be. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm picking up. Were you that positive even during that dark time you described? No, I've I felt um, I, during that. I mean, it was a really challenging period for me. I was so alone. I felt so alone, and on the other side of the world, didn't know anyone. I was really sad then, but I kind of lent into the feeling. I used to run away from any feelings like that and warrior through it. I'm fine. It's like, I'm not feeling that. Suppress the feelings. And then when I was here, I mean, I just had so much time. I was hardly auditioning as well, which is just messing with my head. And so I just lent into it. I was like, all right, I got to go through this. I can't just get around it. And it was like through that pain that I think that's when I became super positive and realized that. I had everything within me. I didn't need it from anything else. I mean, it was all in there. Uh, so that was really nice. Tell me about pregnancy, your first pregnancies. Um, and are you always going to time your pregnancies to be pregnant? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, we have a, we have a life pact. <laughs> yeah, we always do. We but do. now that she's having a girl, my sons are going to be fighting over her. That's Who's yeah. going to win out? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for them. Will um, she go for the older man or her? All the, yeah. all the same age. What mm-hmm. do we do? I know. We'll have to wait till we meet her and see yeah, where her vibe is. To, I'm glad you pointed that out. Now I'm going to have to stay friends with you to see how this turns out for a while. You're never going to get away from me. Okay, good. Um, You know, it's funny. Therese and I met through a mutual friend a a long time ago. And neither of us were pregnant. I'm not even sure I was married to Eric yet. Was I married? Or no, I was You weren't because I saw the picture, the engagement picture, that amazing, glorious photo. (laughs) But anyway, so when we met at this breakfast, we were there with, I think, two other girls. I can't even remember the other person that was there. But we talked the whole time about babies. About babies. Oh, really? (laughs) Having babies. We wanted to be mamas. (laughs) We wanted to be mamas. It was like our whole thing. We already married? No, I, uh, I was not even with the this boyfriend. This was like, oh, like boyfriends and okay. boyfriends ago. Yeah. Oh, this was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a lot of two-year relationships. Okay. <laughs> There's hope for us, Alexi. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was like many boyfriends before. <laughs> no, we were just talking about babies. And so it was like, you know, after that, we stayed friends. And she traveled and worked and I was working. And then eventually I... I don't remember, like one day out of the blue, I called you and was like, come over to my house. And I um, told her I was pregnant and it was visible and she was so excited. And then she found out she was pregnant like a month later. A month later. Yeah, boys are only six months apart. Please do not hang out with my wife. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's the thing is I, I do hang out with your wife. I know. <laughs> your wife sends me out. Oh I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a surprise when I get home tonight. So anyway, that's how um, we got pregnant together. Yeah. And we did it again. Yeah, you heard it here first. And now they're closer. These babies are going to be closer in age. These babies are going to be four months apart. Yeah. First round was six months apart. It's getting closer and closer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can't wait. Next time, same date. Same date. Let's do it. And maybe in the same continent. Yeah. You're already zen at this point. You're already zen. Teresa, no, you're getting zen. I was zen. newly zen. Newly <laughs> zen. You're a, a zen newbie. I was still figuring it out with your first pregnancy. Yeah, but you I guys, know, I was like, yeah, I was in very much in my journey still when I got no more McDonald's. No more. McDonald's. That's what I'm saying. No. You already had moved. Had moved from right. nutritionally. You're working out. You're in a, men- a better yeah. mental place. You're looking inside and finding things. Yes, certainly. Yeah, for sure. And Sarah, you're gluten free, and uh-huh. you like sugar, but you're gluten free. <laughs> I love sugar. <laughs> I love that about Don't you. Tell my husband. Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> and I love yeah. Mexican food. Um, no, but I, it was, you know, interesting. Like I started doing a ton of research when I found out that I was pregnant, even beforehand though, like a whole year or two before I was, um, you know, taking all kinds of vitamins and I was reading everything that I could get my hands on. And that's part of, I think a continuing passion for me in life has been like finding information devouring information and how am I going to apply that and what's you know what's good out of that information to apply to my life what's going to work for me my family my kids my friends and so um that was you know with my first pregnancy it was just doing the research and at some point I think I was like four months pregnant something happened with my rib I came and I found you all right yeah yeah and, and things changed I wanted to have a natural birth, but I told you there, I was like, oh, I always wanted to have a home birth, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't really know much about it here. And like, I'd heard about, you know, the farm midwives and that magical thing. And I'd remember telling Eric like, oh, you know, it'd be so fun if we just like go to Tennessee for a couple of months. And that was never going to happen <laughs> because <laughs> he uh. works too much. And so, you know, but I remembered like laying on the table at your office and you, we were talking and you were like, um, so why are you having this birth that we're discussing? And I was like, you know, it's a really good question. I'm glad you asked it because I, I don't know. I think I'm just sort of following protocol that I've been going to the same OBGYN ever since I had come out here to LA and. I wasn't even crazy about her and I don't even know why I continued going to her. And I even felt like she didn't even know who I was after eight years. And so, you know, I finally was like, yeah, you're right. I got to figure this out more. And then that's when everything changed. I remember you left and there was like, you were on a journey, on a journey, on a journey. And then I thought she just took a big turn off that path. And then you followed up with like, I need more information about this, more information about that. And I felt like, you know, I think some people, and we'll get to birth more, but I think some people definitely feel more safe, comfortable uh, in a hospital with a doctor, but it's not what you came in with. Mm-mm. You came in with like, you know, I'm going to have this hospital birth with a doctor, but it's not really what I want. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like a matter of pointing you in the right direction and you ran with it. Yeah. I mean, really, you just asked me a question. And when you asked me the question, I was like, 
the fact that I don't have a good answer for you means that I need to work on this more. I need to figure this out, you know? And I, I like that. It's a weird, jarring feeling when you get asked a question and all of a sudden you're like, I don't know. There's no good answer. How was know? pregnancy? How did you like the pregnancy? I loved it. I love being pregnant. Both times um, I've loved it and for very different reasons. But with my son, um, you know, the moment I found out I was pregnant, it was like electricity went off in my body. And um, through I knew that it was going to be a boy that when I first, you know, found out and I was very excited when I found out that it was a boy. And then um, throughout the pregnancy, besides like a few physical things that you helped me with, <laughs> um, I had a great pregnancy. It was awesome. At the end of it, you went to Wyoming. Yeah. I, like I always go, now this is my tradition that when Every I'm eight, baby. eight months pregnant, I got to paddleboard the Teton River, got to go kayaking, go hiking. <laughs> You know, paddleboard in the ocean. Yeah, she does more activities at eight and a half months than I do. <laughs> I know, that's yeah. what I was saying. That also pictures, was... pictures, uh, yeah, out, out in the middle of the water. It did not slow you down at all. You yeah. should have been on our birth fit podcast. Oh, yeah, right before this. Pump and iron. Done. So, uh, and taking a bath in a horse trough, is that... Yes. No, no lie. No lie. It was so hot there <laughs> that I was finding every watering hole. Actually, the best was not the horse trough that we filled up every day with like <laughs> ice cold water from the well. Um, but, you know, it was that we had heard this chatter about a rock quarry and I was like, rock quarry. Oh, it's so cool. They're like, you have to hike up to the top of this rock quarry and the water comes down off the mountain. It's this great water hole. And I was like, awesome i was so hot i was so pregnant i was like let's do it <laughs> and so we hike up there and you know it is this like magical looking watering hole it was huge there was a big waterfall that went into it so i start swimming around in there and i'm like felt something against my leg and i was like hmm, what is that and so we're i'm sort of like eric i think there's something in here there's some sort of fish or something that's kind of weird then all of a sudden I see a mud puppy and Google it right now. Google mud puppy, mud this puppy. fish. And it was, it's like, I'm showing you that it was this long. So I don't even know how long that is. What do you think that is? Mm. It looks prehistoric. <laughs> <laughs> prehistoric. Um, like these big weird fins that come out the side of its face. Ugh. I had never seen anything like it. It was so creepy with this like tadpole tail. And I was like. I'm staying in here. It's so awesome. <laughs> but my husband was like, you need to get out of this watering hole. I don't know what these things are. I don't know what they can do to us. Like, they were everywhere. <laughs> I was like, okay. Is it actually called the mud puppy? I think so. Oh, I mean, it's creepy looking. It's so creepy looking. Oh and God. they were really big. They look prehistoric. <laughs> I mean, it looks like, like a dinosaur head and like a tadpole body. Yeah, that's exactly right. I would have run. Yeah. That, that finally found something. So the to make horse me run. trough was actually quite lovely compared to the mud creatures. Thank you for joining us on the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. That concludes part one of the Zen Mamas. For notes, links, and pictures from this podcast, visit informedpregnancy.com. And your questions and comments are always welcome via email at info at informedpregnancy.com. I got a whole lot of questions for you This kid's gonna test my will I got a lot to
episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.